ashtray. I got my pot and crack. Let's go. Get your crack rocks all sorted out according to size so you can, you know, get increasingly high and fucked up while you're watching this. Well, dude, the last this. time I, I got my crack and my heroin mixed up and I smoked the heroin and, oh, God, that was a bad experience. Never good. Never good to mix drugs. And by mix, I mean mix up. You want to you mix them eventually, but you don't want to, like, confuse them. You want to know what you're getting into. What kind exactly. of ride, what kind of journey you're going to be taking here. By the way, this. Phoenix West, the Twilight Zone episode review show. Pleased to present for your consideration, Mr. Booth Templeton, serious and successful star of over 30 Broadway plays, who is not quite all right today. Yesterday and its memories is what he wants, and yesterday is what he'll get. Soon his years and his troubles will descend on him in an avalanche. In order not to be crushed, Mr. Booth Templeton will escape from his theater and his world and make his debut on another stage in another world that we call the Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. That's so real. Ah, so, welcome to LAW, the Twilight Zone Review, episode 45. Today's episode is 209, The Trouble with Templeton. I'm Phoenix West. I'm Frank Links. What's up, Phoenix? Oh, not much. Just watched these two episodes. Uh, we're going to do two in a row here. Uh, yeah, literally just watched them. Haven't seen these in forever. I like to watch The Twilight Zone about every five years, just so just long enough so I forget what the episodes are about, you know? Well, I didn't need five years to forget what this freaking episode was about. Are you still, I still are, don't know. Are you still playing the episode over there? Uh, yeah, I forgot to unplug. Um, <clears throat> so you don't like this episode? Hey, uh, I didn't say I didn't like it. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Oops. Um, you should apologize for that. Anyway, um, um, I, I do like this episode. I don't know why. It's uh, ridiculous, but it's entertaining enough for me. I don't know. These are the kind of the ones that are more up, you know, up my avenue here. Uh, the ones that I don't like are the the stupid cliche ones like uh fucking it eye of the beholder last week those are the ones that i kind of get bothered by i would consider this one as cliche as cliche gets even with the you know apostrophe over the e (laughs) yeah i guess i can't really disagree it's just uh i don't know it is the most ridiculous twist i guess you call it i don't know what else you would call that other than a twist it was so fucking forced and, uh, and, and over-explained. Uh, and yet I still am clueless. What the fuck his problem was? I think you're looking <laughs> what his trouble was. I think you're looking too yeah. deep here for anything, really. I think it's the most simple story ever told in this entire series. Um, but yeah, this well, one starts off. We'll just get into it here. Yeah. Um, with, I don't know, an anorexic man... Watching his wife play slap ass with some stud outside, his dick halfway in, halfway in his mouth, her mouth, <laughs> his mouth. He was eyeing him. <laughs> She's literally wait, out, in the, out in the wait, pool, wait, wait, the wait. pool I, slapping. I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear what you just said. What did you say? Uh, something about a dick in the mouth. I forget. Uh, yeah, it was something like that in, in a, his a, mouth. In all the mouths. It was weird. Yeah, I was. I was fantasizing. <laughs> and then Marty came in. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, share this uh, dick with me. 
Hey, old friend. <laughs> They're gay together. They totally are. They just cut that scene out. That was inferred, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, now, was, I mean, t- explain to me this, right? Why does Marty dress him in five layers <laughs> of clothing while this. they're outside <laughs> pushing each other into the pool? It is so completely summer. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marty's like, I'm going to, oh, maybe that's why he's so underweight. Like when you see him in the beginning when he's wearing, you know, his least amount of layers, which is probably only three, he is like, He's, he's sunken. He looks like an African child, like the ones that you see in those fucking commercials with the sad music. You're like, God, he's just like withered away. Like, what happened with this man? And, and so I think he has to wear those layers to survive. He has no body fat whatsoever. And what kind of a pill does does a, <laughs> a, a doctor prescribe you that you have to take it every hour on the hour? <laughs> it, it, the the weakest heart pill, I guess. I suppose so. This keeps my heart going, <laughs> literally. It replaces my blood. It was really an Altoid. You could tell by the, by <laughs> yeah. the case. This is a curiously strong heart pill. <laughs> so he's watching his wife out by the pool, and he's just like, well, uh, she's not even hiding anymore. God, she's, my wife's just a major whore. Uh, anyway, here's my heart pills. <laughs> uh, the be- <laughs> I love the dialogue when it's super expositional. He's like, well, I got to get down to the studio for the play I'm in because I'm an actor. I'm a, I'm a play actor. That's what I do. I'm, a, I'm an actor of plays. <laughs> Just keep saying I, it. I, I act and I play. <laughs> uh, that continues. That's kind of the theme of this episode because they do not stop explaining shit. The twist of this episode, and I, and I don't want to get there obviously yet, but it, it bothered the shit out of me how much they explain it. <laughs> it is ridiculous. But- Without explaining anything whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It's the most vague, but yet fully detailed explanation I've ever heard in my life. It really is. Uh, so his wife's outside playing slap ass with some guy. He's, it's, there's like seven or eight or probably 12 episodes of Twilight Zone. It probably just, more I think about it, it's probably more and more. That many episodes of Twilight Zone where it's the older guy looking back at his youth with fond memories and every passing day is a distant reminder of how long ago <laughs> you know that's the, the uh you see watchman it's yeah a, that's that character the the mom in that where she's like every day seems like a, a reminder of what it used to be and and every day from here on out is just those days get a little darker and you're like god damn that's super fucking depressing while she just downs a highball it is so depressing uh, are you talking about the mom that was railed by the comedian yeah yeah definitely right on by uh by negan he got up in there yeah, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan forcefully too. She yeah. wasn't having it. <laughs> she was into it though. Afterwards, he he basically raped her way his way into her heart. <laughs> that's what happened. It really did. Watch Watchmen. I, I I'm the one who watches the Watchmen. I watch that movie all the time. <laughs> um, you, mostly because I mean, it, it, it was kind of pretty epic. There there's a four and a half hour director's cut, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm willing to commit that much time to it. I don't know. Oh, I got the Dawes boot version of five hours long. Yeah. And that's too fucking much. That's almost oh. as long as World War Two. <laughs> World War One? Is that about World War One or two? Two. Two. Yeah, it must be because you know, submarines. All right. Yeah, the the uh, German U boats of World War One weren't really Yeah. It was trench it was more trench warfare, yeah. really. I've seen the movie but I don't remember it much because I watched it like early high school, which is a terrible age to watch any serious movie. 
because it, yeah, the memory does not retain any of it. It's like no tits, gaunt, just wiped it. You can feel it fading away, much like the memories of, of Templeton. A lot of beards. A lot of great beards. Is there? Let well, you know, they're in a submarine for how long? It's got to smell. I mean, that's how good the movie was. It's like you're watching, you're like, it's got a stink in there. <laughs> that's what I think when I watch The Walking Dead. I'm like, God, they must fucking reek. Just covered in guts and running nonstop. And, just, and they're like, let's have sex. I'm like, no fucking thank you. I don't, I don't yeah, even yeah. want to jerk off right now if this is my life. It's like, I don't want to touch it down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like sand. Stinks. It's cutting it up. It's just, I, haven't, I haven't bathed in a month. You yeah. probably haven't bathed in a month. I ain't coming down there. It's just loose gravel on your dong. I don't know. Thank <laughs> Going to the fish market on her. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> uh, Templeton. <laughs> so I was at one point after he's he does a speech about uh, my I miss those days back when my wife you know, my first wife was alive she was great we were such we were so in love and I was like oh here we go I know what this episode's gonna be about <laughs> just immediately once they start you know waxing poetic about their fucking past you know what it's gonna be Lord. yeah and then uh, I was like this guy looks like John Wayne if John Wayne never boozed. Like, if he just yeah, stayed he could, sober. He could tie one hell of a tie, couldn't he? Oh, my God. That oh, drove dude, you nuts, I, too? I rewound it, like, three times. <laughs> like, how do you tie a tie like that? It looks so good. See, the knot looked good, but then you realize the backside of the tie was, like, four and a half inches longer. And then you, you put the fucking too? vest over it. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I was like, okay, the vest covers it. I guess that makes up for it, but still, it's fucking weird. Yeah, but the top bun was perfect. Yeah, I, I won't fault him on that. I think his butler kind of showed him how to do that. Was it his butler? Was it his personal assistant? Assistant? Did they really make that clear? Just his lover, Marty, his old friend who did everything for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, in a way that you know, slaves are old friends of slave owners. I suppose, but I'm sure Marty was getting paid. Getting paid with cum. Oh yeah, buckets. Ugh. Well, this guy stopped. Maybe that's what the pills are for. Oh yeah. It's- it's, it's not Viagra. for her. It's not for him. It's for Marty. It's Viagra to get Marty. You know, so Marty gets his end of it. Well, in his look end. who's giving them to him, making sure he's taking it once an hour every hour for the rest of his life. Yeah. Oh God, what a fucking relentless task. Hey, wake up. It's three in the morning. Time for your fucking pill. That's what that means, by the way. Pretty much. You can't take the sleeping hours off. If you're taking a pill once an hour. Imagine me waking up once an hour, no matter what, to have to take a pill well, or an I think that's why him and Marty are so close, because I'm sharing a bed with the motherfucker if I'm waking up, up, him up every hour. I'm not going to sleep in a separate room. Fuck that. Why don't you just take eight of them before you go to bed? <laughs> I think they would over, overload his heart. Oh, whatever. So, um, uh, fucking Templeton has to go to the, the fucking play for the fucking plays in, because he's a fucking actor. Uh, the beginning of this is kind of a... Yeah, he's showing up at the play. That's it. That's, that's all there is. <laughs> and there's a bomb dropped on him. New director. Ooh. Could Templeton be more of a dick? <laughs> he's like, who What's are your you? name again? He's like, I'm the you producer. Just said it, but... I'm funding this fucking play you're in. He's like, oh, yeah, what was your name again? He's like, again, it's blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah. Well, what's your name? Let's, uh, let's get inside. <laughs> and then... <that> quick. <laughs> We see the direct, the new director, who's Sidney Pollack, uh, also a an amazing director. Um, in real life, he's a total dick in this production. Who knows if that's how he is in real life? I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, he's just like this. He's just a turns into like a fucking fascist director with like this overly dramatic yelling at Templeton when he sees him in the back. 
And he's just like basically doing like the slapping the podium thing. And he's like pointing at everybody. He's like, this is my play. There's three important days. The first day rehearsal, the opening night, and then closing night. And he's just being a total dick. And But just mail it in the rest of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The performances don't matter, basically, between those two, those two shows. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck you want to do, I don't care. Show of high, like Templeton in the back there. <laughs> it's fucking boner pills. Uh, yeah, he's all. He's all. Well, uh, apparently, they're in anti-anxiety pills that aren't working anymore. Yeah. This turns him into a nervous sweat. Uh, maybe yeah. that's why he got embarrassed and fled. That's why he's freaking out and sweating because he was just like, "I've had an erection for an hour and a half on the way over here. This thing has to go. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the alley and tug this out, get this shit out of here, and get back to work." <laughs> I heard they're doing road construction down the street. Maybe they need a hand, <laughs> a jackhammer. Yeah, just Jack payment. Hammer, yeah. That's how they get payment in your dick. That's how it goes. The gravel, whatever I said. <laughs> I mean, have you ever taken you know the blue pill when you really don't need it? I never take one anyway. Well, I mean, sometimes it's fun just to take them when you don't need them. It's uh, fun to do drugs. That, is that considered a drug? Like I know it's technically medicine. <laughs> it's it's medicinal, well, so it's a drug. But is that? Do you smoke that in your crack rocks? Do you crush it up in there? Uh, no, I needle. Oh, they should they should mix that with coke because I hear of like coke dick. They should mix that with uh, mix that with Viagra <laughs> and it kind of you know even it out a little bit. Sure, I, I mean think, you I know, think you'd fuck uh, everything in the room then. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, better living through chemistry is what my father always taught me. <laughs> uh, it's mix mix and match. Yeah, I mean, you know, trial and error. Sometimes you have good days, sometimes you have bad days. That's why hospitals exist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so he's on the boner pills, I guess. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> <Tracking factors. laughs> of course, uh, it's, it's got to be erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Else. The guy's 80, but it's yeah. definitely erectile dysfunction. And, and speaking <laughs> of that, it bothered the shit out of me when that producer came outside to talk to him in the alley, and he's like, Hey there, kiddo. I'm like, don't call a 60-year-old man a kiddo. I don't care if you're 62. Don't call a 60... Look, at he's wrinkly as fuck. Don't call him a kiddo. That shit bugs me. Ugh. Grow up. <clears throat> Just grow up. I know. So then he runs outside, and all of a sudden there's this group of people applauding him. I don't know why. I, I, yeah. Um, well, I guess you don't. you haven't figured out why yet? No. No, because he just left his production of 1927's The Great Seed, which oh, is what's produced from that boner pill, I believe. <laughs> the Great Seed. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, he turns around, there's a poster, and it says, The Great Seed, 1927's big hit. And I'm like, hey, it's 1927, because they keep fucking saying it. Everything on the, everything on the side it, of this building, he says, it's 1927. <laughs> like, again, more exposition. Just, like, I got it the first time. And he's like, and oh. just in case you're illiterate, this old random guy that he grabs, what year is it? 1927. Okay, I love great. that. Well, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's almost, <laughs> almost that shit. Um, and he's like, oh, it's directed by Barney Fluger. I'm like, that is the grossest name I've ever fucking heard in my life. That, that is so disgusting. <laughs> Barney Fluger. Ugh. Yes, Barney. Barney Fluger. And again, uh, 27 was Prohibition, so, uh, yeah. 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 His wife, Lala. <laughs> yeah. He, well, first he follows, follows his friend, Freddie, through 
And he's like, meets him outside. And he's like, what's going here? He's like, oh, I opened the door. And he opens the door. And I'm like, that is the most soundproof-ass door I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it, it goes from nothing to, like, swinging big band music, like, super loud people shouting. It's a fucking Dude's speakeasy. Dude's got a tuba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there could not be more noise on the other side of that door. Will none of it bled through at all? No, I mean, what the last episode we had a Cat Three Hurricane going on, and it was quiet in the house. Yeah. <laughs> this one we got <laughs> a concert going on, and as soon as you open the door, you get to hear it. So in the last one, uh, they had like a triple pane window, so it just kept all the hurricane out. And this one, they're like, I don't know, put some sealer around the door, maybe. <laughs> An extra extra layer of wood on the door. Who knows? Like maybe they painted it with some sort of soundproofing paint. Just just stapled a bunch of egg cartons to the other side. <laughs> the lead paint really keeps out the sound. Yes. <laughs> the asbestos does wonders for it. Here, lick it. <laughs> oh. oh, I can. Speaking of uh, asbestos, um, I was working down south after the hurricane, cleaning up, you know, tearing down buildings and shit. And I was working on this building. It was like it was a kind of a, a row of little stores in this part of town. We're tearing it all down, the roof and everything. And about a week or two in, uh, the boss comes by and he's like, oh yeah, careful with that. That's asbestos. I'm like, motherfucker, you just told me that? I haven't been wearing a mask or gloves or anything. <laughs> you can't fucking do that to people. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> so mad. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have another 40 years to really find out if you <laughs> yeah. really had any major thing happen to you from that but then you'll know yeah in the meantime i'll just you know live my life the way i'm supposed to with boner pills and coke and you know see what happens see how that leads me probably prison probably but hey you know you have asbestos poisoning so you won't be there for long i think they call that cancer ah, <laughs> well, poisoning. Either, either way i don't know <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> um yeah i i didn't build that when we rebuilt it, I didn't rebuild it with soundproof-ass doors like, like Freddie had. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I wish we would have had those. That would have been nice. Oh, they did go through. Yeah, that's true. And the win- those windows in that last episode could have kept Hurricane Katrina out of that store. I wouldn't have had to fix it. Oh, so you went down there after Katrina, huh? Yeah, fucking miserable. Shithole. <sighs> well, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, I think it did, a, it did a world of wonders for New Orleans. From what I heard, I mean, you know. Anyway, everything's um, brand new. What's that? Everything's brand new. Is it? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't been there. It's a fucking miserable <laughs> town. Uh, it's fun to visit. Don't don't live there. Um, so no, I I watched True, True Detective. I'd never live there. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, that season one is fucking terrifying. I love it. It's just like the 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 Hicks from Deliverance extended out over a season. <laughs> fucking these rape <laughs> monsters that live in like this weird. What are they? They had like a <laughs> spaghetti monster. They're, uh, they're, uh, I don't know how else to describe that. It was almost like a fucking wigwam of like, uh, uh remember the, the fucking rape dungeon they found and they're like walking through it and it's like almost catacombs. Yeah. And I was like, it's built into like this hill, like, like it's a fucking hobbit. It was so weird. I, I can't even describe it. And then Matthew McConaughey is, what, what do they call it? Uh, shit. I could recite, oh, uh, you know, cause, uh, he, uh, 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 robo tripping or some shit oh, from yeah. all the drug use that he did undercover. <laughs> robo tripping or something. That's when you take too much robo I, I suppose. I mean, well, I mean, Tussin's good for anything, really. Yeah. Tussin. Uh, I'm, not gonna, 
Sorry, I'm not going to go into a Chris Rock rant here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I always appreciate it. I don't want you to do this super racist voice. You have to do it. You do Chris Rock jokes. Um, well, he, he sounds very... Uh, never mind. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Super funny? That's what you're going to say, right? Yeah, very funny. High-pitched. <laughs> very high-pitched. Um, it's funny because I was just watching Chris Rock because fucking Longest Yard was on. I was like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't really care for that movie. The first one sucked. The remake was worse. I'm just, I just not into it. I don't know. Something about it. Probably Adam Sandler. Uh, so Templeton goes into the bar. Let's get back to this, I guess. Fuck it. Might as yeah. well. He goes into the bar. He's, you know, he's walking around with Freddy. Freddy's pointing out where his wife is. They have this stupid, like, red herring where he's like, she's over here. And he's like, she's not here at our old table. And he's like, oh, no, she's over there. He's like, oh. He looks over. I was like, that was a waste of time. Thank you. Fucking, I hate when shows do that. I hate that shit. It, doesn't, it didn't lead to anything. It didn't even, like, there was no suspense to the shot. There's, you know what I mean? Well, the, well, there was some suspense. What kind of steak he was going to have. <laughs> oh, my God. So much steak talk. It's juicy. <laughs> See? It's dripping down my fucking chin. It's like you're... Your, your next wife's chain is dripping with <laughs> shit from the pool boy, where the hell that guy was. Oh, God. So he's, he sits down Flavor with his wife. <laughs> he walks over to his wife, and I'm like, oh, his, his first wife was a whore, too. That's great. That's fun. She's all over his buddy, his best friend in the world. Was that Barney? Barney, yeah. Barney Fluger. Ugh. Disgusting name. I can't get over that. It was a... a and they... He, he tried to be so serious with her and everything. But let's go someplace private. I want you all by myself. I've been taking these pills every hour for a reason, you know. Yeah. I've saved up <laughs> one like, hell of an erection for you over the years. <laughs> you have no idea. So she's like, oh, no, this is me, dude. And she does. She jumps in from, like, just like, I don't know. She goes from, like, very confused and just troubled to doing the jig very quickly. <laughs> yeah, she... She is bipolar for sure. She's like, fuck you, Templeton. I don't want to do that. Wee! Stop touching me. Stop touching me. Wee! Oh my God. Christ, woman. Her face is just like a fucking roller coaster. Could not, could not keep the same emotion on it for more than five seconds. Uh, it was like a Brad Pitt at the end of Seven where he changes. Uh, You've seen that, right? Oh, what, hey, what? What's in the box? Yeah, What's when he's doing box? that and his face changes emotions like 60 times in that three-minute shot, it's amazing. It but really is. That's, I mean, that's what, what she's doing uh, here. Per, personally, one of Brad Pitt's best movies, acting right. oh, yeah, definitely. ever. Definitely. Um, but I also realized before he starts screaming at her and trying to drag her away like an abusive husband, and when she's like, she's you know all over his friend, and he's like, why don't you shut your mouth, Barney? <laughs> he's like, I'm taking her with me. And she starts to grab her, and she's like, he's like, calm down, man, calm down. Um, I sounded like Bill Paxton in Aliens there. <laughs> Game over, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he, I start to realize at some point, because he keeps saying, oh, I missed you guys so much when he's getting all serious, you know, at the beginning. He's like, I missed you guys so much. You know, it's been so lonely without you, both of you. And I'm like, this fucking guy killed both of them, didn't he? Like she, she was fucking his best friend and he fucking murdered him why would they be dead why have they been dead for so long together why else what else would explain that at 25 yeah they both what bit the it. fuck well she can she probably had a fucking od like sharon stone in casino she looks like that type of person just taking in <laughs> just taking in whatever gonna die in a hallway somewhere 
But him, he looked like he was in good shape. I don't know why he died. He must have murdered them, you know, like Andy Dufresne. Just fucking showed up with a shotgun or something. Oh, I don't... He found him with a boy. With a boy. <laughs> this is what we were talking about before the show. That's why I'm mentioning this. Um, <laughs> yeah. How else would they have died? <laughs> He's allowed to die in. <laughs> Ridiculous world. Can, honestly, can you think of any other reason these two would be dead at this point? I, dude, I don't even. At this point, I am so lost in this episode. <laughs> I, I'm like. The trouble with Templeton is, uh, I have trouble figuring out what the trouble with Templeton is. The trouble with Templeton is that it's so simple, that it, but you're looking for deeper meaning. I really think that's about it. It it's is one of the most simplistic episodes uh, in the series, I'd say. Because he shows up, they're total assholes to him. They dismiss him at every turn. She basically goes, we don't want you here. And she's, she's fanning herself with uh, some papers. He takes it from her. And then they have the freak out thing. Um, that's when I can come to the conclusion he murdered both of them. Um, <laughs> he, she tells him to fuck off, basically. He leaves. And he's like, I like, my, I like it better in my time, basically. Walks out of there. Goes back into the theater. Um, I'm sorry, I was reading one of my notes there, and it, it made me chuckle. Uh, I wrote, she's wearing a Flava Flav amount of pearls. she has the most ridiculously long string of pearls it basically goes down to her vagina it's it's hanging down there (laughs) oh my god uh and they were even pinned up a little bit too (laughs) they were they were so aggressively large they were (laughs) it was it was just unnecessary she could have folded that thing three times and it would have been an average necklace uh but she anyway he walks into the theater there um and it, and it he sucks him back into, you know, 1960. And then he pulls out the script that he was looking at. And he's like, Haha, it was a script. They were acting for me. <laughs> yeah, which which I was already confused. And after that one, it was even more, I gave up. <laughs> um, I just gave up trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh the problem I have with this is because when he walks out of the bar, out of the speakeasy, the door shuts, all the lights go out, uh, and you know all the actors look around, and they're all silent, and they all look kind of you know somber, like they didn't want to do what they just did, and they kind of did it to help him. And that is, it's visual storytelling. I don't think they realize at this time that you can do that with a face, like... Her, the actress's face, I was like, I understood exactly what happened. They were basically teaching him a lesson in a good way. Like, just saying, you know, enjoy your life now. Don't be, you know, looking back at the future, or looking back at the past and just living there. That's all I needed. And then he comes in and goes, they were acting for me. They wanted me to know. And he just keeps explaining for the next minute what the fuck just happened. And were you confused at all by that? Like, what they were doing? Yes. Very. Really? So you needed this speech? This speech didn't help me one bit. Okay, so so that okay, so you're disqualified from that too. Because if the speech didn't help <laughs> you, you just had a problem with the whole thing over over overall. Yes. I, I had a problem with I was like, Yeah, I got it. They they were, you know, whatever they were, you know, Twilight Zone, spooky spooky. They were just, you know, manifestations to help him move on with his life and not live in the past and, you know, kill his current wife. And they're just trying to move him on there. <laughs> Go kill your cheating whore of a current wife, uh, you know? It, it's like, look, I get the Twilight Zone thing. It's, you know, 
it's always there to punish the people that need punishing and teach yeah. them a lesson and whatever. And if that's the lesson that they taught them, why, why was everybody so de- depressed that they had to do that to him at the end? Because they wanted to be nice to him. Like, the, you know, they love him in real life. I, I think that's what they're going for, but they had to be a dick to him so that he realizes the past was, was pretty shitty <laughs> looking back. That's all they're Stop. doing. And so it was just a, it was just basically a, a lesson of stop, you know, living your yeah, life in yeah, the past. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was simply, you know, we're dicks. Don't, don't look back at us with fondness and please don't murder us again. That'd be cool. I'm more concerned. Yeah. I'm more curious about how he murdered them. Cause I, t- I'm totally at this point convinced he did. Well, I mean, he's rich. He probably had somebody do it. I don't know. I think this might have Mark. been a passion. Oh, my, oh, that could be it. Or, oh, ooh. yeah, maybe Marty killed him, and he keeps Marty around as a butler because he's threatening to turn him in. Maybe that he's like a, a servant in that point, like he's stuck there. It's true. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. the The last scene is he realizes why why they were dicks to him. They did it for him for you know to live in the present. And then he immediately goes, yeah, they did it for me. I guess I'll take that lesson and be a horrible fucking asshole to everyone on set right now. Kick out the producer. Tell the director, go fuck himself. I'll be a commanding dick again. I'm the best. I was like, what the fuck? This guy became a worse person because of what happened. He really did. (laughs) He became such an asshole. (laughs) Like... I've got he, that queued up. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, you'll hear his ego grow out of control right here in this scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's just amazing. Just got done reading the script. Walking I am up. definitely in, and it is definitely Mister Templeton, especially to one so young as you. 50-year-old. Now, wait Excuse a minute. Me, Mr. Sperry, but I never allow anyone not directly connected with the production to attend my rehearsals. I insist upon that. Just who do you think Sydney? you are? Run along. <laughs> now then, shall we start rehearsal? I like that, Mr. Templeton. I've just had a most remarkable experience, young man. I couldn't possibly expect you to comprehend it. Or anyone else who watched this episode. (laughs) Someday. You know, you were right. The first day of rehearsal is the most important date in the life of a play. I do believe Rod comes in here. Yeah. I'm really hoping. Mr. Booth Templeton, who shared with most human beings the hunger to recapture the past moments the ones that soften with the years. But in his case, the characters of his past blocked him out and sent him back to his own time, which is where we find him now. Mr. Booth Templeton, who had a round-trip ticket into the Twilight Zone. Aww. I mean, it does kind of send you off into a good mood, doesn't it? Yeah. A couple things (laughs) there. uh, He turns into a big dick, which you hear there. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets an ego that's out of control, just starts making demands. He's he's a little sweet there toward the end, but he is. That's only after he kind of sets everybody below him. Mm-hmm. Also, for no reason, he develops a a a hint, a glazing of of a British accent. What the fuck happened to him? 
Why does he suddenly have a British? You heard that, right? No, he had an accent the whole episode. Did he? I didn't notice it until right then. I think he lays on a little thicker right there. Oh, it's because he just spent a few minutes with his old chap, Barney. <laughs> the Barney really unleashes the British. Barney Flugel, <laughs> Flugel Flockin', whatever the fuck his name was, I deleted it. <laughs> Barney Luger Fluger. Barney Fluger. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he turns into a dick, and I'm like, that. that's not exactly the lesson you're supposed to be learning there, Templeton. Mr. Booth Templeton. Yeah. Uh, again, written by Starling in another ridiculously crazy name. <laughs> uh, Love it. I, also, the director's name is crazier than anything because the director's name in this episode was Buzz Kulik. Buzz. That's his real name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. He did a lot of uh, uh, Twilight Zones, didn't he? Um, I'm not really sure. This is one of the last episodes of 1960, though. Uh, oh, so this was near Christmas, huh? Yeah, it was December 6th, I believe it said. He directed. Okay. Let me look this up real quick. Um, he, just, he directed just, uh, nine episodes. Yeah, I know Buzz Cork's done a lot of them. Well, more than most. He's directed a few more than me, yeah. Just a couple more. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, December 9th, 1960. Um, I used to try to say at the beginning, but I, I've been forgetting lately because I don't care. <laughs> so you, you reminded me in the last episode we did, I believe, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, what was this? uh, (laughs) What was this shit fuck thing done? (laughs) The shit fuck of a fuck episode. The fuck that episode, seriously. Um, Yeah, do you have anything else to say about this episode? What's that? Kulik directed Jezebel in a game of pool. God, what a. Wow, is that a gigantic (laughs) stark difference of (laughs) an episode? Ugh. One's great, and the other one's just a great pile of shit. <laughs> God. Oh, he did King Diamond Not Return either. Oh. Or two, I mean. That was the first one we did together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. first one. Yeah, so how, how overall, I'm not exactly sure why you, you were confused by this episode. I'm not going to judge you, but do you like this episode? No. <laughs> no, just flat out no? It sucked. <laughs> It, it was it was a yeah <laughs> just no what about you did you like it I do like this episode um it's hard that my dog is snoring like fucking crazy I don't know if you heard that or not no uh, studio or Pollock's studio dog is snoring like a motherfucker um so I do like this episode I couldn't really tell you why though I just like the sim- how simplistic it is I parts of it are ridiculous. Obviously, I like that it, it it wasn't boring. It didn't hang hang on to anything for too long. It, it kept moving. I find a lot of the episodes that are like this just hang out. Like that one with fucking Mickey Rooney, where he's just hanging out and he's you know he's the jockey. That one just hangs, and it's like oh my god, move somewhere else. Like that like that <laughs> robot episode, that fucking shit fuck of an episode that we talk about. That one oh, just God. hung out in two two different sets. And I was like, oh, my God, get me somewhere else, anywhere else. This one kept moving. So I kept, I was interested. Yeah. There's enough characters where I, I was interested enough. I don't love it, but I, I like this episode. I, I, you know, I, like it, I like it a fair amount, I'd say. I, it wasn't amazing, but it, it was serviceable. I mean, I would put this episode, I wouldn't put it in my 
I wouldn't put it in my like top ten worst or anything. Oh, okay. But it's definitely not my top ten best either. It's <laughs> right in the middle of yeah, eh. yeah. It's it's right above eh for me. I liked it. I like the actor. Um, I, I, honestly, I think a lot of it came down to that shot where they were leaving the speakeasy, and you see that moment where they're all, the lights go out and they're just like staring at nothing. I like that shit. I like I like that shit a lot. That's just, that's the reason I like the Twilight Zone because they do weird stuff. And they didn't even explain it really in the moment, and they just moved on, and they didn't even go back to it. Like I like I was that. Shit. Say in that moment, they didn't explain it. At yeah, all. I was gonna say that's why I had to stop and add that on there. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I I thought it was very uh, cool that uh, the only one that was lit up before that it went dark was Lara. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I, I like the the way it was shot and everything. Um, there's so many episodes that are like this though. Where the guy goes back in time to relive, the guy gets thrown out of time and goes back to his past. The guy, you know what I mean? Like, so many episodes, especially late in an in upcoming here, that are just that. Uh, there's a couple in the first couple seasons as well. It's it's just there's so many, and it's just. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, Rod is not one to shy away from you re- know rehashing, re repurposing yeah. something, an idea, making it a little different, a little yeah. better maybe. I don't know, or a little worse, depending on, you know. <clears throat> this is, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that, that's all right. It's been like, yeah. uh, I was yeah. going to say, this is like that episode, I forget the name of it, where he goes back to his hometown, and it's him as a kid, and it's a little Ron Howard, I believe. And then, oh, uh, um, it, it's, it, it's not the Willoughby one. Um, no, Willoughby's the one on the train. Yeah, no, uh, this is the one where... Uh, he walked a mile to it. Yeah, and his car broke down. And he had to walk there, and then he you know ends up in his home, old hometown. He's like, "Hey, that was open when I was a kid," and he realizes that's me as a kid, <laughs> little Ronnie Howard. Uh, that episode is the similar to this one where you know I'm living in the past. It sure was great. Oh shit, I gotta go. Uh, this is I think this is a better version of that. Fair enough. Now it's driving me nuts. What, what was that episode called? <laughs> that was a season one episode, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was early. For the yeah. fucking life of me, I'm not gonna remember the names, the name of the episode. That's right on the tip of my tongue too. It's like, uh, what was the town's name? Yeah, it's 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 gone. Because <laughs> I, I think that's the name of the episode. It's the town. Ah, whatever. But you're right. I I, I mean I do see where where you're coming from there, and it, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, you know, just just the premise it in itself. A lot of time travel back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And the one you mentioned, Willowby, that one is more interesting than these ones because that ends with suicide. <laughs> Fucking episode <laughs> ends with suicide. It's amazing. Did they go flying out the window? <laughs> uh, do you remember that episode? Well, uh, Willowby, I mean, I remember not a whole lot of it. Okay, he he's on the train. He keeps almost getting off the train to Willowby. He keeps getting too scared. It's like this old west town. And he's like, you know what? This time I'm going to do it. Fuck it. In, in that episode, his his boss is like a super asshole boss. His wife is nagging him on the phone, like screaming at him, like super cliched. And he gets on the train and he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to Willoughby. I'm finally going to get off the train. And then he's like, he goes to step off the train. Harsh cut to <laughs> these two cops looking at his body because he jumped off the fucking train. <laughs> On the side of the road. It's amazing. And it's just like, I guess, yeah, he just jumped off the fucking train. I was like, holy shit. That was he a, had enough. That was brutal. 
Uh, That's right, because Willoughby was only in, in his head. There was no stop at Willoughby. I so think there just, used to be. Yeah, yeah. Here's my stop. Whoop. Yeah. Yeah, he just <laughs> yeah just jumped off a fucking train. <laughs> I love that shit. It was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, you have anything else to say about this episode? Um, Holy shit, we've gone 40 minutes. Well, uh, you know, uh, Rod Serling tries his hand at comedy next episode. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to talking about the next one because that one is interesting, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> That's a good yeah. word for it. Uh, so, plugs. Go ahead and do your plugs there. Plug all you want to plug. Uh, way Off Topic Radio and um, on Twitter, double L and KZ. All right. And uh, for me and this show here, LIW Studios, uh, LordyWonderland.com, also LIWStudios.com. However you want to get there, I don't care. I'm not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. Uh, go there, you know, jerk off, do what you got to do. It's fun. Uh, all the shows on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I'm on another one. I forget what the fuck it's called, though. I don't. It's not the Podbean that you do. It's something fucking weird that I found for free. I don't remember what it's called. Go to the website. They're all there on youtube.com slash learningwonderland. Go subscribe. Um, again, jerk off there too as well. YouTube's yeah. the best place to go to Learning Wonderland, I think. Yeah, for the videos, if you're looking for podcasts, go to iTunes and Stitcher, though, um, or the website. They're all on there. Right uh, on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about this. I tried to get on the speaker. They want money. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I won't, I won't pay for to release a podcast. I don't understand that shit. Like you do the Podbean, right? Yeah, and I mean, I paid for that, but they host it. Like it's and they put it on iTunes and fifty other podcatcher apps for me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll do it in the future. Here, I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, depends how much we grow. So share it with your fucking friends, and I'll make it available elsewhere. There you go. You got to help me out first, guys. Numbers, numbers, numbers. God damn, it's all about numbers. You know what? I'm a busy businessman. Like in that one episode, I forget what the fuck that was from. Uh, Where you're doing business, you businessman stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, let's let's get the fuck out of here. Let's move on to the next episode. So until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I'm Frank Links. So long, citizens. <laughs>